When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Forever. Dog. Comic books, comic time. Writers and artists are on the line. They make a splash as a comic's read. And take us on a trip behind the spread. Watch out for comic book commentary. Spinning on winning Hi everyone, my name is Katie Cook, and what I'm going to talk about is my webcomic, um, which is called Nothing Special. It's a featured comic on Webtoons. And I thought it'd be really interesting after listening to a bunch of these podcasts to talk about something that is a webcomic instead of uh, one of the the trades uh, to follow along. If you want to look it up, it's on uh, webtoons.com. It's just called Nothing Special. And as of right now, I've been doing this comic for, God, it looks like it's over two years. Um, I think we just put out our 58th chapter um, fun story, the, it's at 58 because they accidentally uploaded next week's episode a week early. That's never happened before. So chapter 29 of season two, because they don't call them books, they call them seasons, uh, is up now. But yeah, it's, uh, every single week I've, I've really committed to putting out like between four to almost sometimes seven pages worth of content. Um, from a regular comic book, but it's all in this very interesting uh, vertical scrolling narrative, um, which has been really fun to kind of play around with, um, especially because I've been making, you know, books for print for for a decade. So to be given this freedom of all of a sudden it was like, you don't have the confines of an 11 by 17 page, you know, just do whatever you want. Uh, took me a really, really long time, you know, to try and figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to play around with that. Um, so right now I'm actually having a blast because I get to think outside of the panel and I get to work on this, this bizarre project that so many people told me, um, was really not a good idea. Um, and it's a, it's a YA magical adventure, uh, starring this girl named Callie. It's a bunch of teenagers. And then in the beginning, it's, it's this boy that can also see these little spirits going on this adventure to find her father. Um, in this very Miyazaki-esque magical realm. And then, you know, they dive into it and they meet this guy who at first is a big jerk. He has a really big turnaround in the second season and becomes one of their best friends named Lasser. And it's it's a really fun um, YA coming-of-age story that's set in this magical realm with these these three kids. 
and this dead talking sentient ghost radish um, who's been my breakout character <laughs> of the series um, but yeah, it's, it's been a blast. And for me, it's the, the fun comes in because not only am I writing and drawing the series because, you know, for, for my little pony and a lot of Disney stuff, I'm just the writer. Um, I also illustrate Star Wars kids books and stuff, but for this project, I get to be the artist and the writer, which is really returning to my roots for me. And even though I put out so much content, I mean, we are talking, you know, like I said, four to seven, what would be full comic pages a week. Um, I've also stepped into almost the role of editor because I do hire a colorist. I do hire a letterer. So I've become the manager of this project, not just the artist and the writer. So I, I wear all of these hats that I've never worn before. And oh my God, it's so much work. <laughs> it is something that I never really envisioned, uh, becoming, you know, like the, the vast majority of my life. I mean, I'm a parent and I think that I spend more time trying to put this comic out than I do actually parenting my children. And I know that's horrible, but it's fine. Um, so I'm going to start actually um, a few weeks ago to try and kind of do it as what would be a, a full issue of a comic. So I'm going to hit, um, let's go with chapter 24. Let's hop into that of season two. You know, um, they've gone off on this, this little quest, which involves a lot of walking and Callie, who is the main character is a muse and her boyfriend Declan is a fairy and his wing got broken during season one as they were fighting to, to kill her mother. Cause you know, matricide is a really great YA theme that I really think should be in more books. Um, but they finally make it to this weird estate full of very fancy, very rich fairy folk. And everybody has just realized that Declan has pink wings. And I've been hinting all season that pink wings are kind of an oddity. Um, and it's been very subtle, but now everybody is staring at him. And it was, again, this, this first scene, um, that opens after he takes off his hoodie and everybody sees these pink wings growing out of this teenage boy's back. And, you know, it's this, this moment that I've been building towards and building towards and building towards and building towards and to finally have it pay off of just all of these people staring at this poor, awkward kid, um, was great. And, you know, the comment section on it was just amazing of people absolutely freaking out that we finally got to see the reaction and what it really means. And as it goes, you know, further down and everybody's freaking out. Um, one of the reasons that I really like this chapter is that, you know, as it scrolls down and they're like, yep, pink wings. Um, why is that a big deal? I don't understand why everybody's staring at me. There is this really crazy panel that I'd had in my head almost since the beginning. Um, that's the head of this household. Her name is Laurel Poppyfield. And she's just this awful woman who's old as dirt, who also has pink wings. And she's just descending this staircase. And it was this chance to use this really crazy visual because like I said, it's, it's told in this vertical scroll. All of this is meant to be read on your phone or on a tablet or on your computer. It's not meant to have a page turn. So it's meant to be sifted through like you're unfurling a scroll. And so there's this winding staircase that just kind of keeps going down and down. And there's no panel break as she is seen throughout this panel at, at three different points as she's just walking down these stairs or technically flying down the stairs. She's a fairy. And it's just, it was this really fun moment. And it's one of my favorite things to do in this format is say, I have this giant vertical space 
to tell the narrative. So what am I going to do to make it visually interesting, visually fun, and use that to the best of my ability to turn it into an unveiling moment? It's, you know, so for me, when I'm doing all my layouts, that's a, a big thing for me is like, what can I do to make this as visually interesting and fun as I can? You know, um, my artwork is considered very cutesy and, and very silly. So the fact that I get to play around with some stuff that's a little bit more dramatic um, in the visual layout is really fun for me. Um, but yeah, so we get, so we see this giant winding staircase of this old as dirt <laughs> fairy lady uh, coming on down. And, you know, her, her dress is draping behind her, even though she's really, you know, demure and tiny. And it's, it's super fun. And then she starts getting really screamy and yelly. And again, there's some panels later where I get to really play again with that visual narrative of, you know, what, what can I do with this big unveil? And then another thing that I really like to do with, with this format is break panel because I don't have to worry about the printed page later on. So I can have these big magical moments that, that break the border or go edge to edge and really just not worry about where it will fit on a page later. Um, you know, the book will eventually be in print, but I, I refer to it as future Katie's problem of how it's going to fit in the book um, because of these big panels. Some of those panels are like 60 inches tall in Photoshop. It's ridiculous. Um, and then the, the whole thing is lettered at almost quadruple the normal size of a comic book so people can read it on a phone. Like I said, this is a YA um, book, even though it has a, an all ages audience, I have a lot of adult fans, but you know, it's on webtoon. So yeah, there's a lot of teenage readers. So I need them to be able to, you know, consume content on a very small device. <laughs> um, so a lot of thought has gone into, um, how this is presented and, you know, how it's formatted, you know, so like I said, it's been a really interesting experiment for me, you know, right off the bat, of how do I do this in a new way? Because I am, I'm so used to creating stuff for, you know, books. You know, again, I, I've, I've done stuff for My Little Pony and I've, I've done some stuff for Marvel. I've done, you know, stuff for Boom, all of this licensed work. And it's always for that printed page. And just all of a sudden um, jumping off and being like, all right, this is mine. How do I do the thing? Uh, has been a blast. It's been really fun. I really think that if, uh, if you start at season one, you can really tell in the early chapters where I was still thinking about the book in the beginning. Um, and it's like, all right, so how do I turn this into a book later? The, the panels are very formatted. It's just panel, panel, panel. Cause I was thinking about how to rearrange them into a printed page later on. And then I think, um, really after the first act of the first season is when I started to forget about how do I put this into a book later? And I started having so much fun with the visuals and, you know, I really broke panel a lot more. I started, you know, creating these big crazy scenes where, where things could, could get a little nutty. Cause at one point they're on the side of a mountain and the mountain stands up. Um, so you watch the, their like plane of existence that they're standing on tilt. Um, up into this vertical line, you know, as they're standing on it with stuff falling down and them falling down. And it's, it's the first time that I really went, Oh, that's what I can do with this. Cool. Um, so when I wrote the second season, I really went through and notated where I thought there could be a really big visual impact. 
um, including just hopping around the second season a little bit. Um, eventually you get to meet one of Lasser's brothers. Um, it's a very big deal. Uh, Lasser is like 86th or 87th in line for his father's throne. He is the baby of the family, so he's called Lasser the Lesser. Um, and we meet one of his brothers who's uh, fourth in line, and spoiler alert, his brother's kind of the big baddie of this season. Um, he's kind of, again, part of the whole thing that we've been journeying <laughs> through this entire season, like 20-some chapters to get to this point, to meet this horrible old fairy lady and this very suave, debonair demon guy, you know, who's kind of uh, taken her. So it's fun. Let's see. Sorry. I get to listen to me drink water. Let's see. Um, again, you know, hopping around, um, in chapter 27, after we've met Lier, I get to do some really neat things with that vertical scroll, um, trying to do all my exposition. Um, you know, sometimes I insert these, these neat scrolls of, you know, with magical facts and whatnot and diagrams, because again, I get to really play around with that, that different format and I don't have to worry about printing it on the page. Again, that's, that's future Katie's problem. Um, but you know, it's, it's been really interesting. Um, last year I was asked to give the keynote speech at the Ringo Awards, um, in Baltimore for Baltimore Comic-Con. And I spoke about web comics because I started my career with a web comic like 10 years ago and it was called Gronk Monsters Story. And, you know, it lost several awards, <laughs> Um, but it was, it was fun. And it was this thing of, I wanted to be a newspaper cartoonist growing up and, you know, newspapers were dead by the time I got out of college. So I went into a graphic design job and I did Gronk kind of on the side and Gronk led to me getting some, some other licensed work. I mean, I, I started doing stuff for Fraggle Rock. Um, I started doing stuff for, you know, uh, at that point, Archaea, which is now part of Boom. And then I started doing some work for IDW. Uh, Marvel had given me some covers at that point. And, you know, my webcomic was really the thing that I really loved to work on. And then I started getting enough licensed work that I wasn't doing my webcomic anymore. And I kind of retired it, which was very sad. Um, I had a really a wonderful fan base from it. But I really enjoyed things like feeding my family and paying my mortgage. Um, so I really let it slide. And then all of a sudden, um, this guy named Tom Akel, uh, who had at the time worked at Webtoon as one of their editors, approached me and said, have you ever thought about doing a webcomic for Webtoon? And it's like, no, <laughs> no, I have not. Um, because I really thought that, you know, my, my webcomic life was behind me at this point. You know, because there's such a stigma to them. There's there's this, you know, notation to anybody who now works in mainstream comics that that people that do a webcomic aren't doing as well, or they're just these these weirdo independents that don't have don't have the skill to go have a book at image. And I have really, you know, been enlightened to the fact that, you know, so many people that do webcomics are so talented and have such an amazing fan base that they don't need a printed book anymore. And that's, that's bizarre to me. It was eye opening to me to, to look at somebody and say, you are completely and utterly supporting yourself with this digital thing. And you don't, you don't need the book book, <laughs> uh, which is what my husband and I call the printed copy of a, of a digital book. And just to sit there and watch all of these amazing creators 
you know, sit there and be successful and tell the stories they wanted to tell without having the book book um, really motivated me. And I, I gave it a shot and I, I pitched nothing special. And I was like, I want to do this story about, you know, a muse, a fairy, a demon and a talking dead radish. And I had so many people that said, that's probably not a really great idea. And um, the, the folks at Webtoon said, all right, let's do it. And I did. And um, again, I think that the, the first few chapters of the first season are really rough because I'd really just been a writer at that point for a while. I'd drawn for myself, but I hadn't really been the artist on a book in a while um, because I had taken on such this big role as being the writer for licensed books. And that's something that, you know, people were coming to me for. And it's what I was basically told I was built for. I was like, Katie, you are made to just make licensed children's books. You could like churn them out. They're on brand. So that's what you do. Um, so I took a, a really big leap of faith and I really wrapped up my work on My Little Pony because um, uh, regardless of the issue that came out this week, I, I haven't really been working on it for over a year because I stepped in and I said, well, if I'm going to make this webcomic, I'm going to go all in. Um, I'm going to make it my, my main thing. And I did. And I don't regret it. It's I've been having the time of my life making it. I've been having the time of my life drawing it. Um, every single character in it is one of my ch fictional children. And again, it's it's that coming up to the stigma now because I've been in print books for so long. I now have to start completely over at self-promotion of, have you heard that I have a new book? <laughs> And I don't even have that that mark anymore of someone like, oh, is it over at Image? It was like, no. Is it at Scholastic? No. Is it at? No. And then I explain uh, Webtoon. And they're like, oh, isn't it a webcomic? And I was like, you have to understand that these guys have 5 million subscribers in the U.S. alone. And some of their comics have over a million people reading it a week. I mean, think of that number is staggering compared to what the book sales are on single issues. And these people come back every single week to, to catch up on a story that's 30 to 40 panels long. And I mean, I don't have a million subscribers a week, but I do really well. Um, I'm really happy. I'm, I'm fairly consistent in, in my rankings of, you know, one of the, the top 15 fantasy stories on the site. And, you know, I love my readers. They're, they're amazing. They're so sweet. And I don't think I would have had the success that this book has had I put it out in a book book ahead of time. Uh, but right now I can tell anybody and they're like, oh, well, I guess I, I'll read it. I can just shoot the link over and say, here's the thing. <laughs> if you don't like it, you can have your money back because uh, it's free. That's the joke. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been an interesting thing to now become this this figurehead of you know, web comics are amazing. Web comics are great. You know, after I, I was the person that was like, well, I can't do a web comic anymore because I now have, I, I have too much work in book books. I can't, I can't do this anymore. And again, this is what my, my speech at the Ringo's was about was, you know, the fact that web comics have really become such a, a driving force in the comic industry. And there's so many of them and so many good ones and so many creators that have just found this market for themselves where they have so many people that will support their book, no matter what, you know, some of the webcomic Kickstarters make so much money because that, that support is just there and it's now built in because of this weekly readership. And there's a loyalty base there that I, 
I am hard pressed to find in some of the other independent comics out there. Um, you know, there, there are people that comment on my Instagram constantly that they would die for radish, uh, my poor dead talking vegetable. And I have to point out he's already dead. Um, so, you know, it's web comics have become such this driving force in my life again. And I feel like I'm an old lady navigating new waters because <laughs> back when I was doing my web comic Gronk, everything was pretty cut and dry of like, here's your web comic. You have your own site. You put it up online. You try and promote it on a forum or this or that. And that's it. And now web comics, you know, everybody and their grandmother has one. And, you know, but it's, it's so fun to find one that you really connect with. And again, some of the ones on Webtoon have over a million weekly readers. And that's, that's insane. That's amazing. That's insane. Um, it boggles my mind, uh, every time I think about it. And that's just the US site. You know, it's, uh, Webtoon started in Korea and they have, uh, sites all around the world. But I mean, they are a humongous company and part of that empire is built on webcomics. And, you know, when you think of it, that is absolutely staggering. You know, they have a, a store in Times Square. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's nutty. Um, but no, I'm, I'm really proud to be a uh, part of the team that they brought in for their featured comics, which means I, I do get paid to, to make my webcomic. But again, a lot of that goes into, paying the colorist, paying the letterer. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't change it. I mean, the book would never come out on time if I were coloring and lettering it. It's my, my deficit in life is that I can pencil, I can ink, and I can make something funny, and I can put a dead radish in it. But the second that you ask me to letter it, I'm just going to stare blankly at you and be like, uh, that's not a thing that I do. <laughs> Coming from someone that worked as a graphic designer for five years. <laughs> Now, let's see. I do love that. I do have a few uh, updates that are something that I call Ask Radish, and those are my Q&A sessions where I get to ask the readers to ask me a question, and then I draw little cartoons of myself or the characters answering them. So I had one of those this week, um, which I love because uh, my readers on Twitter and Instagram and in the comment section of the comic always come up with something that's that's really fun. Um, that I can build off of to to really give people another layer to the characters um, because they are they're really invested and a lot of my readers are are teenagers and they really relate to something about Callie or something about Declan or something about Lasser um, or even something about Radish um, or any of the other uh, side characters I know someone uh, who messaged me about you know this one fairy named Tansy all the time um, about how much they love her um, which is really fun but yeah, it's, I, I just have a blast making this book. So it's, it's this moment of, you know, finally putting something out that's all mine. Um, and I get to put it out kind of automatically. I know that, um, I'd be, I'd be busting buttons as my dad would say, if I was putting out something with image and I had to wait every few months to tell people to go buy the book and they had to go pre-order the book and go do the thing. But right now, every single week I get to post, okay, go read the update, go read the update, go tell me what you think of this part. Um, the, uh, the episode that accidentally uploaded early that I was really mad about that's for next week, um, is actually a chapter that I was dying for people to read because it has a such cute moment between Lasser and this kid that he has a crush on because Lasser has been reading romance novels this entire season to try and figure out how to be a better person. And it is the worst idea of all time. And he has had so many terrible interactions because of it. 
and one finally works. And I was waiting for this big buildup for everybody to read it next Tuesday, and they accidentally updated it. So everyone's very ecstatic for him, but it makes me lose a week of my buffer because um, I try and work really ahead of time. So if something happens in my life, you know, I don't have to really worry about missing an update because uh, this has updated for 29 weeks in a row uh, for season two without me missing a beat. Uh, think about that, four to seven pages a week um, without me skipping a week. And then the first season, uh, 29 weeks without me missing a week. Um, the second season will be around 40 plus chapters, um, which is, you know, very Herculean effort compared to 29 chapters in the first one. And all of the chapters are almost twice as long. Um, because I've really stepped it up with the art. I've stepped it up with the story because I'm just having fun. Um, and all at the same time, um, I, I just finished illustrating a Star Wars book um, that I just turned in. It just got the okay today and hopping around to other projects. But this is the one that I always come back to um, because this is the one that I really love to make. Um, I'm really, really grateful that when, you know, Webtoon came to me and said, hey, do you want to do your own project? that I didn't say no off the bat. I said, I'll think about it because then I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought about it and then I made it. And it's that moment of like, oh no, I'm doing the best work of my career right now on this book about teenagers in a dead rash, <laughs> um, which is not embarrassing at all, but it's, it's, I will not be upset if this is the thing that I'm known for uh, in my career. Um, out of everything, you know, having worked on all of these major children's brands, if someone is like, no, but isn't that the lady that made nothing special? That'll, that'll make me happy. Um, I really hope that the numbers are good enough on it, that they let me do another season. Um, you know, it's that, that will they or won't they of getting renewed on any book. Um, cause I already have it outlined and I will absolutely be devastated <laughs> if they tell me I have to take a break from making these characters. Like, I will just kind of lock myself uh, in my office with my cat and a bottle of wine for a couple days and be like, I don't want to come out. I want my radish. Um, but yeah, so that is my my audio commentary of what I have going on this week um, mixed around with kind of, you know, my thoughts on my weird comic and all of the stuff that's going on in my life. And I hope you enjoyed it. And I really hope that you give nothing special a read. And I've also done 10 million other things, which you can find on my Twitter or my Instagram at Katie Can Draw, um, or nothing special on Webtoon. Thank you so much. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.